our ego, it does serve a function that it's built to protect us. And what our ego does in these moments is say, no, 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 no. We don't change. We don't change. This is who I am. You know, for 35 years, you've been this person. This is what you stand for. This is what you're about. This uh, You can't change because if on the other side of that change is an unknown and an unknown can hurt us. So we don't do that. So that's what can happen. And I'll give you all the, all the credit in the world is that we had these first initial conversations. You were like, no, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to start doing this and think about it. How much has your life changed just in the last 18 to 24 months? You know, it's, it's incredible. And I can see how much happier you are. It's not like it's a, a mystery. You can just see it on your face, right? When you start to come into who you really are, the world, it's like you put on a different set of glasses and you start looking at things differently. Hi, I'm Casey. And right here beside me is Kelsey. We are licensed professional counselors, mothers, entrepreneurs, oh, and besties. We know firsthand what it's like to wake up one day and think, how in the heck did I wind up here? Through our own journeys of self-discovery, we found that joy is something that has to be pursued through our own internal work. Now we are on a mission to help women from all walks of life understand themselves more so they can experience real lasting joy. Join us every Thursday to hear interviews with experts who can point you towards self-discovery and inner joy. Hey, everybody. I'm super excited about today's recording because we have our first dude. Is that okay if I call you a dude, Nate? I'm a dude. Yeah. (laughs) He's the first dude, and this was very intentional on our behalf. I don't think that my personal journey toward finding joy and fulfillment and myself would have even taken the same course, to be honest with you, if it wasn't for you, Nate. And you don't know this, but there is a chapter in my book that you are in. Um, Okay. (laughs) And I don't know if you remember that, but you remember that text message you sent to me like two years, two and a half years ago, and it was really short. And it was like, hey, haven't talked to you in a while. Uh, Saw your post on Facebook. Um, Yeah. If you're on a journey of self-discovery, your your life's getting ready to change. I just thought I should tell you. You're serious about it, at least. Yeah. Well, I knew you clearly, were. Clearly, I mean, look, look at. <laughs> yeah. Clearly, and so that was a big shift, and that's also why I wanted to have you as the first dude on the podcast. Also, the real reason I wanted you to be the first dude on the podcast, Kelsey, can you guess? No, I I don't have a guess. I can tell you why. I'm glad that he's the first dude on the podcast. Okay, well, let me hear yours. So my first memory of you, Nate, was you drawing on this whiteboard. Oh, yeah. And that, <laughs> I was sitting, you were talking about religion and just... Uh, you had the book that, that that you let me eventually have. Yeah. You know? Right. Um, Be here now. But yeah, you were drawing on this board and I was like, man, like he just has like a lot of insight and I want to have more conversations with this dude. And... <laughs> I don't feel that very often, and Casey could probably... Not with dudes. No. Well, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I must have managed to trick you, at least in the beginning, of <laughs> making things I had interesting to say. Oh. I'm really good at repeating things I've heard from others, so, you know. <laughs> I like it. It's always been great conversation. One time over daiquiris at a beach. That was fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, I don't remember that actually, but I'm, I do have pictures that I was present. You were present. I was present. No, I was just going to say, for me, it's it's just the hair. I mean, you had to be the first dude because of the oh, hair. Well, obviously. Yeah. No, I remember uh, I remember the text message, and I remember that meeting where I was you know, up there on the board drawing and meeting you guys. And yeah, I mean, 
you guys have always been super welcoming of my crazy antics and, <laughs> you know, out there perspective. So I appreciate that. I've always been a believer of it and intrigued by it. I just stereotype men on this. I really have to stop doing that. I I catch myself saying things and I think they come across as very stereotypical and I don't mean it. I'll just say in my personal life experience, I've not come in contact with a great number of men who are willing to look inward that are interested in growth, both mind, body, spirit, all that stuff. Maybe that's just on a circle that I've tapped into. I know they're out there. They're just not in my yeah. world. So I just, I don't know. I just have a lot of respect for you in that way, because I, knowing that we came from the same town and knowing the path and journey that you've taken throughout your life, I know that there had to be a point where that wasn't easy to just like be like, hey, here's what I'm thinking about reincarnation or whatever. And people right. be very accepting of it, you know? Yeah. It's funny you mentioned that because last I was telling you guys before we started recording this, I was at a Blink-182 concert. I live in Nashville, so I was at a Blink-182 concert last night, and uh, I was having a conversation with some guys because, you know, music to me is a super important element for my life. And I don't know that there's anything out there that can like, it's a t music is a time machine for me. You know, like it, it transports you back to a place. I was asking a guy that we went there with last night. I was like, what is this recall for you? He told me his, and uh, he's like, what about you? And I was like, 1998 Miss Parky's art class with my burnt CD and my headphones drawing. And then it was funny because you crossed my mind, Casey, because you were probably in that same art class drawing yeah, in the which, closet because that's where she put it, me. <laughs> that's true. That's that is true. And you know what's funny about this is that it, it kind of goes along with what you're saying is, is that, you know, not that not that our hometown isn't inclusive because it is, but I think we grew up in a way where it was like there was a certain way of doing things. And, you know, and what was funny about it is, is that me and you both had this box we had to live in, but we played outside the box a little bit and did some other stuff. So I played football and did all this other stuff, but I was also really into art and music. And I think with you two, it was like we we had these we, these groups of friends that were in all different classes. And, you know, that you had the jocks and the the nerds and the emo kids and the whatever. We had friends in all these groups. And it's funny because I have conversations with people now and it's like, I didn't realize how not rare, not unique. It was a little different for what was going on in our high school at the time. And I remember there just being this weirdness of me about like, I don't want to have to conform to like one group. You know, I just don't want to have to do that. Like, I, I remember having conversations with guys I play football with about these people that I was in art with. And they're like, oh, these guys are this or these. And I was like, no, they're not because you only know them within this certain context. So you know, and, and that's just life, man. I mean, I think that like all of our entire economic and political and racial and all of that stuff could be solved with just shared experiences and people opening up and talking to each other and having some cool stuff. So, yeah, I mean, a, a, kind of a long right way around that. Yeah, th that art class, man. If we just knew then what we know now, it would be so different. But I remember having it's kind of like a tug, you know, like, OK, I have these friends over here, but these art people are really cool. And I yeah. remember like, you know, we had our little core group of friends, but I hung out with those art kids, but the the other friends didn't know. Like I would sneak and drive down to Bronston and Antioch and hang out with the art kids on the weekend sometimes because they were just cool and they did yeah. different things and they thought differently. And that was interesting to me. 
you know, the things that I remember most about those were like the conversations with those guys and gals were deeper. Uh There was more context. It was a lot deeper than wide and nothing against my football player buddies. But, you know, I wanted to have like a real conversation. Those weren't always easy to find. Yeah, Uh, especially and, and to your point earlier about the typical masculine testosterone type energy. It's absolutely necessary. And I think it gets a bad rap in today's society because people don't understand it. But at the same time, for the last 150 years, we've been conditioned into operating in a certain way to not get hurt or to be effective. And it limits the ability to really make yourself vulnerable to be able to have those conversations with people. So and then you you add the fact that we're 18 years old and we're playing football and all this other stuff. So like those conversations about like, what are your dreams and ambitions and what do you think about this? And what do you think about, you know, this topic or, you know, I love you like that shit didn't happen. You know what I mean? And, you know, so I think that that's also part of this, too, is that early on, I felt this inner voice talking to me saying you should be having these conversations with these people because it's you need it for your soul. Not just because it'd be cool to talk to them like you're you're also getting some type of like fulfillment out of these conversations. And that was a necessary part even growing up. I was much like you, too. And two experiences for me. I did do art, but art wasn't really like that taboo thing. But I did do chess club and I also did some poetry, creative writing type stuff. Cool. But in those experiences, I felt very similar because I was in three different sports and I felt you know, I wasn't a dude, but I had those similar experiences where conversations were very surface level and I needed something more. And I think it took experiencing what other groups had to offer and really understanding to know that I needed that in life. And Mm -hmm. I'm still that way. And I think you two both are that way as well. Yeah. I'm kind of wondering for you, Nate, how that dynamic as a high school person mimics your life today and maybe like the journey that you took to get there like do you find yourself having different types uh, or groups of friends that you that meet your needs in different ways like your vulnerable ones the ones that you can go out and just scream at a concert how does that look for you now well you know it's funny and and I, i hope at some point in time when you get to it, you could have him on. But what you're talking about reminds me of our buddy Bill Wilder and his archetypes, you know, the way he talks about there's these and I'm, I'm going to butcher this methodology, so I'm not even going to try to repeat it. But the high level view is that there are these archetypes that live inside of us. And uh, some of them are very primal and survival based, very animalistic on one end and other. And then they, they run the gamut all the way down to the person that needs to be shown affection or that needs to show others affection, get affection and do that. And basically they're, they're cut up into five individual quadrants and I imagine like a scale, you know, and if you are living a life where each one of those five elements gets the appropriate amount of attention, then your scale is going to be balanced and you're going to feel, you're going to feel good. But anytime that you start to neglect or just completely throw out any of those, the scale is going to lean one way or the other way pretty heavily. And you're just going to feel off balance and life's going to be a little bit shaky. So that is it. And to your point, I find myself to be able to kind of balance back out getting back into those, whether it be activities or groups of friends or whatever, because sometimes selfishly to get myself back balanced again. Right. But I mean, if you really think about why we hang out with people and we go do anything, it's, it's that, it's that, right. If, if you're not going out and hanging out with any group of friends, cause it's filling your cup up, then what are you doing? You know, friendship is kind of one of the most selfish things there is, right. You're going out there because hopefully you're being a good friend and getting, getting something for them, but also you, you want something to fill you back up as well. 
So when you say like, how do I navigate the group, different groups? And that's, that's it. And it's, it's not, it's not always intentional, but I, it's funny because sometimes I'll hang out with this group or I'll hang out with that group and I'll come away from it and be like, man, I feel great. And that's what that is. That's what that piece is inside you. You're, you're feeling that balance again. When it comes to my journey, man, it's funny because if you would have told me, you know, eight, nine, 10 years ago that when I'd be sitting on a podcast talking about this, I'd laugh, but it's been a very interesting, difficult, taxing journey. But if it wasn't, then it wouldn't be worth it, right? I mean, I guess the, all the good stuff comes from juices worth the squeeze, right? I guess the easiest way to start it is going back to the way we were raised and the way we were brought up. There was this programmed, conditioned belief that once you reach a level, a certain level of success, everything was going to be fine. You could reach peace. You could, you know, take your foot off the gas. You could start to breathe easy again. Maybe get the weight of your world off the sh- off your shoulders and all this other stuff, right? And I just remember like being a kid and thinking, okay, there's this mountain peak over here that all I got to do is get to that. I just got to get to that. And I remember the chase to do that throughout, you know, my teens and twenties, even into maybe my early thirties, actually mid thirties. And the only way I knew how to do that was that not that the vulnerable introspective piece of me didn't exist, but I didn't believe that that was going to help me get those things because the only way I had ever achieved anything in my life through sports or whatever, a career was to run at it a million miles an hour, outwork anybody else and, you know, just break myself if needed to do it. Self-sacrificial to get to the goal. So I start down this journey and I, I have some, you know, moderate success in business and I get to this mountain peak and I'm standing there and um, it's nothing like there's no parade. No, there's no trophy. Nobody's showing up there giving me a high five. Nothing. It's just I look at this Excel spreadsheet and it's just like there's a number there and it's like, well, that's great. Now what? You know, I almost felt more empty than before the journey because, you know, you get there to the top and you're like expecting something to happen. At least while you're in the journey, there's a there's something to chase. There's something to go for. And then when you get the thing and it's not what you thought, it's a very lonely feeling. Unless someone's been there and done that, it's kind of hard for them to understand. I have conversations with some of my entrepreneur buddies, and it's like, I wish I would have known this before. But then again, I don't know that I would have listened to anybody else. You know what I mean? Like, like no, no, no. I want to find this out on my, on my own. And I get it. When you start talking about money and all this other stuff, there's a whole lot of other factors that factor into it. But what I learned, and this has kind of been a huge shift in the way I look view the world and life and business and everything, is that success does not equal fulfillment. They're not the same thing. I know this is a topic that you know is near and dear to you, both of you guys, but that was it. I was like, I got there and I felt, I felt so empty because I was like, now, you know, now what do I do? So I found myself, what, a lot of times what happens is when you're in that mode, that chasing mode, you're, you're, you live in the future. You're standing here right this second, but your thought process is six months, a year, five years, 10 years down the line. Every single decision you make is to support something that happens that's going to happen in the future. And what it causes you to do is not be fully present in your day-to-day life. And that was what was happening to me. I would find myself having conversations with my wife or you know, playing with my daughters. And yes, I was physically there, but mentally I was somewhere completely different. You know, I had this like this realization one morning sitting in the floor playing with my daughter. My my youngest daughter had just been born. And, you know, I know that there's this 
this worldly recognized emotional context of a moment like that with a father sitting there with his his newborn daughter and to cherish this and like, you're never going to get any of this time back. And all I could think about was the next deal that I needed to do because I needed to keep this craziness going. Trying not to get choked up talking about this here, but it was, um, I was like, that's, that's not, I mean, I'm something's wrong, right? This is not how this is supposed to work. It can't be. So I started to just kind of like gather as much information I could about this topic. And really what it ended up leading to was just kind of this internal search to say, okay, I've got to find the thing that fulfills me. And it it really started this like three-year journey. And it's been, I mean, completely life-changing, you know, with text messages I sent you about like when you start that search, not not when you start to say, oh, I think this would be cool if I did this. I mean, you actually are moving forward. Okay. Because a lot of people get to that point and they say, it'd be cool if I did this. I mean, I, I see the benefit but they never actually put boots on the ground and start moving forward. Because when you do start doing that, an inevitability is some predisposed or some already built conditioning or social groups or business opportunity, like things that you've built under that old, old mindset. And like I said, I'm a big metaphysical person. So like, if you're, if you're living life at this certain el- element, your vibration and your, you know, whatever you're at on the ascension scale of consciousness is putting out a certain wavelength. When you start to raise your consciousness and get closer and closer to unconditional love, right? That's the idea at the top. But you move through pain and you move through fear and you move through anger, you move through all of this other stuff. You're, you start to raise your scale. And it's, it's, it's crazy. Like you've ever heard the like the law of attraction stuff. Like when you start changing what you're putting out into the world, you get stuff, different stuff back. And what you get back may be the dismantling of other things that you've built in the past when you were at a different lower vibration. And that includes friendships, that includes relationships with people, that includes businesses, it includes all of that. And it was very shortly after I kind of made that decision. And what we, what that is, it's that box that you've built and those things that you have pris- imprisoned yourself in, they start to kind of, kind of fade away. And when I texted you, that's what I was talking about. I could see that some of the boxes that you had built were starting to dissolve. And the easy thing, the very typical thing to do in that moment is it scares the shit out of people. So they stop. They say, wait a second, because our ego, it does serve a function that it's built to protect us. And what our ego does in these moments is say, no, 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 no. We don't change. We don't change. This is who I am. You know, for 35 years, you've been this person. This is what you stand for. This is what you're about. This uh, You can't change because if on the other side of that change is an unknown and an unknown can hurt us. So we don't do that. So that's what can happen. And I'll give you all the, all the credit in the world is that we had these first initial conversations. You were like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to start doing this. And think about it. How much has your life changed just in the last 18 to 24 months? You know, it's, it's incredible. And I can see how much happier you are. It's not like it's a, a mystery. You can just see it on your face, right? When you start to come into who you really are, the world, it's like you put on a different set of glasses and you start looking at things differently. This sounds so out there, but I remember like when I started doing some work internally and I really had a couple breakthroughs and I've used it, done a whole bunch of different methods and you know whether it be from a shaman to talking to different types of practitioners to doing plant medicine to all this other stuff. It sounds cliche, but like, honestly the skies and the sunsets and the trees and the, they look different. And that's not because it's just some placebo effect because it actually does. There's this veil of just confusion and heavy stuff 
that lives around us. And when you can clear that stuff out of the way and you can actually see what's going on in this world, it's like a completely different thing. And, and, you know, it's, it's, we, we create our own reality and I don't care what your situation is. I don't care where you're born. I don't care any of that. We create it and we can change it if we want. So that's really been the journey. And I'm much happier now person than I was, you know, three or four years ago. I can't say that I've got it all figured out. It goes day to day. It's just this internal journey that I'm in conversation that I have constantly back and forth. But that's the point. The point is the discussion. The point is that the fact that we're trying to make progress, I'm much more present in the moment. That's if, if there's one thing that you can, can strive for, it's just being more present in the moment. And I think when you're present in the moment, you're forced to make decisions or emotions based upon what's actually happening right now. And because of those decisions, my businesses have changed. I'm, I'm, I'm into all different kind of stuff. I'm also, you know, jokingly here, like I've got ADD so bad, which I think most most entrepreneurs do. So, uh, you know, I've got five or six different balls in the air at any given time. But I'm still always searching for the thing where fulfillment and success can reach. Because I think you can, success will not fulfill you. But I think you can reach success in something that is fulfilling. And that ceiling for success is 10x more than it could ever be in anything else because you're doing something that's filling your cup at the same rate or more than it's taking away from you. Mm-hmm. So like, I know these, there are certain businesses out there that I can think of right now where it's just like as quick as my energy level or whatever would, would drain because I'll be working 12, 15 hours a day, I would get it right back. You know, and but the problem most with most situations is, is that you're poured from this cup and it just keeps getting empty and empty and empty and empty and empty. And I'm not even talking about financially. Right. But the beautiful thing, the synergy is to find the thing that fulfills you and be able to make a life and a living around that. And if you're able to do that, that's the pinnacle. In some situations, ideally, you know, you're doing something that's that's helping your family, but it's also something that's helping the community or something something else around you. I and mean, fill in the blank for whatever the thing is for yourself. But for me, that's finding some a space that I want to be in that I want to spend my time in, where there's an exchange of of love and connection and like value. It's not that I'm trying to buy something cheaper than it's actually worth so I can make a little bit extra money. It's not something trying to sell something for more expensive than it actually is so I can make some money. It's like I have a service that's valued and people need it. And there's an exchange here or, or whatever it is. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of how my mindset has shifted. And, and it's not easy. I'm telling you right now, like I deal with it every single day. I, I try to be in the moment as much as possible, but one thing I'm not is patient. And, you know, one of the secrets to being, I think, happy in this life is not being attached to an outcome. <laughs> I or- think you two were cut from the same cloth. <laughs> like listening to this, this is fabulous. Uh, you know, you, it's like talking to me in in dude form. Yeah, <laughs> in dude form. For real. You know, it's, it's uh, not being attached to an outcome, or not being attached to a timeline, or not being attached to any of the things. Right. So I have to can constantly look in the mirror when I get up and and do a check in and say, Yeah, you're not as far along on this thing that you'd like to be, but th- that is an arbitrary timeline. Like no one came down and said. You've got to be at this far. That's that's my the eight-year-old me talking to myself because the people around me were telling me that this is what success looks like. This is how fast you have to move, right? Or some entrepreneur that I or mentor that I talked to when I was 21 who has all of these things that says, you got to do this, this, and this. Like there's these voices in your head 
that talk to you that you now have you have internalized as your own that are not your own, you know, and and that's those conversations that I try to have back and forth with myself to say, hey, bro, yes, you'd like to be further along, but you're still making progress. And because what we do is we allow those we allow those attachments and expectations. And sometimes they're not even our own expectations. We allow those to convince us that we're not good enough, that we're not moving fast enough, that we suck at this and we give up. That's that ego coming back in to stop us from changing and doing things that we want to do because it's not safe to them, the ego. But all the things you've ever wanted are on the things that on the other side of like the most scary shit you could possibly want, right? Like it's all like, I think the secret to life is damning the cost, saying whatever, I'm going to go, I'm going to run into the darkness and I'm going to run and find to, to the scary things because on the other side of the scary things, I know it's what I'm looking for. If I could just like drop my thing and just make a big loud, what do they call that? Drop the mic, like mic drop. That's it. That's it. You don't even need us. Like why? No. Why are we even here? Listen, if you if you're listening to this podcast, don't even buy my book. Don't even order it <laughs> because he just summarized the whole freaking thing. <laughs> just listen to this, right? I mean, that's the whole thing. Yeah, that's all of it, and so you've not even sauce. read it. Oh my gosh! Well, I, I'm passionate about it, and uh, I think I, I think sometimes I black out when I start talking. It's like, I, and I come to like ten minutes later, and it's like, what was that even me talking? So I don't even remember what I just said, but well, hopefully, it was, hopefully it was relevant. It was, and so I want to. I mean, I know Kelsey and I could talk about this for hours and hours and hours. This is something that we're really passionate about. But I'm wondering. I don't want to keep you, so I'm. Thinking maybe sometime in the future, would you be so bold and brave enough to come back on with us armed with some questions ready to kind of try to knock you off your chair a little bit? (laughs) Sure. And see how you would just get your perspective on some of the questions. Because I I, I know she has a whole page full of notes and I have a ton in my head. I'm absolutely up for that. Okay, cool. And I'm going to have you on my podcast here pretty soon as well. Remind me the talk. name of that podcast. The, the name of that podcast is called Holy Shit Okay. With, okay. with Nate and Esha. And the idea being that when you're going through a spiritual awakening, that's kind of your vibe is like, holy yeah. shit, what's happening? Yeah. And then also that, you know, we're talking about the in context, we're talking about some holy shit, some holy right. stuff. So cool. it's, it's, it's a dual meaning, but. I love that. That's brilliant. And I'm so excited. And I'm going to put all of your links to your podcast and in your bio on here because I think people are going to love listening to you talk about this and your passion and that you're a dude and have a different perspective. So I just want to thank you so much for for doing Thanks for having me on. Uh, This is fun. I love it. I love this content. I love this information. And I'm going to get a date set to drill you and knock you off your chair. How about that? Let's do it. Thanks for listening. If you're enjoying our podcast and would like to hear more from us, leave us a review wherever you get your podcast so we can keep making great content like this. 